Welcome to the Coworkers Podcast with Jesse and Shaney, where every believer is a coworker in God's mission. Hi, friends. Good to be back with you today. Our view as we record today is quite different because mm. we unexpectedly are back in the States. So we're looking out at like nothing but green grass and trees and open space. Yeah, quite different from normal. Far less people, lots more cows. Yeah. So unexpected visa run and really enjoying it just for a few weeks here. Good time with the family. God's country in the Midwest. Yeah. We got to join back in a really big family vacation, which was such a blessing. Yeah. Been awesome. Today, we are doing part four of our Heartwork series. This will be our last episode in our Heartwork series, and we're going to be looking at abiding abiding in our love relationship with Jesus from John 15, one of our probably life passages for us. Mm -hmm. One of those passages that I think if I can just get John 15, everything else in my life will be sorted. Yeah, that is. And it's become such a key part of our work too. I think that when we first came out, we started doing trainings and mentoring and coaching about church planting and evangelism. This is a part, unfortunately, that we often kind of overlooked. We went straight to the, hey, how do you share the gospel? How do you disciple people? And we overlooked what is the most important piece is how do we abide in Christ and let his life flow through us Mm -hmm. so that we see the fruit that we desire to see. So this is a passage we've been studying for the last few years Mm -hmm. pretty regularly and in depth and also teaching more and more with local partners in South Asia and also with Americans. It's become pretty common language with a lot of our workers. Mm -hmm. The language in John 15 of Jesus as the vine and we are the branches. Mm -hmm. And the only way to fruitfulness is abiding in Jesus. In this episode, we want to do two things. We want to share this very simple and proven tool with our listeners and offer it to you as a great resource. I think you could use it in almost any context. Yeah. New believers, old believers, Westerners, South Asians, anywhere. Mm-hmm. It is so foundational to the Christian life. This is God's design for us to live in our abiding relationship with Jesus. And we also, after sharing the tool, as we debrief it, just want to go a little bit more deep and personal in some of these truths and how they have have been transformative for us. Yeah. I think the power of these truths, the power of this passage is that, like Shaney said, this could be your entire life just really revolving around what are the truths of this passage? What does it mean for me? How do I live in these truths and walk in them even more? Mm-hmm. And so seeing that it's both kind of a simple tool that can be introduced even to a new believer. I think the truths that are there for us of what it means to abide in him, live our lives in him, but it's a lifelong meditation as well as you just dig deeper and deeper. So that's what we'll get to a little bit in the reflection part. want to mention as well, this is going to be up on the podcast website where you'll see we often teach this by drawing a diagram as well. Very simple. Don't worry. No need for artistic background there. Very simple diagram of that lays out the points that we see, the major points we see in this passage of what it means to abide in him and how we can grow deeper in our abiding with Christ. So check out the the website for that. Just know that in the background, as we were walking through this simple teaching, that's what we would be doing as well to help people grasp the concepts and just to help it stick. All right. So again, John 15, 15 verse one, where Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. 
And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you're clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So just to begin here, the overriding metaphor, the picture that we see, Jesus is speaking of a relationship with him, being joined together with him, to abide in him, or some translations say to remain in him. That's the overall point of this passage that we have to establish at the very beginning. That's the reason for the metaphor that he uses, the branches, the vine, that vital connection together, that the life flows from the vine into the branches. The life, the source of life is coming through the main tree or the vine and running to the branches. And the only way that happens is if those things remain in relationship, if they remain connected, vitally connected. And so that's kind of the grounding metaphor, the picture that we see. We are joined together with Jesus. And as as long as we are, his life flows through us so that we can, just like a branch is supposed to, we can bear fruit. That's his desire for us, is that when we remain in him, his life is flowing through us and we are bearing fruit. And the opposite of that would be if we're not remaining in him, we are not able to bear fruit. We're not able to do anything. Apart from me, he says, you can do nothing. And so just to recognize the fact that through that vital connection with Christ, that is our hope for bearing fruit in life. And the fruit that we bear brings glory to the Father. Verse 8, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. The spiritual fruit that we bear brings glory to the Father. That is His desire in this. And so as we're walking through this together, the grounding metaphor of Our relationship with him is the key to us bearing fruit to his glory. What we want to make make the most of is his work in us, his life in us, that abiding through us, and his act towards us and drawing us to himself and living his life through us. We know that he takes the first steps, that it all comes from him, but what are things that we can do from our side to abide in him? There's only one command in this entire passage. It is to abide in him, but there are some other places that we see in this passage where he's speaking to us about how to enhance that abiding or what we can do from our side to abide in him. The place we're going to start then is verse nine. Verse nine is actually the key to the whole passage. It is the centerpiece, the center point of what abiding in him means for us on a personal level. Verse nine says, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. So there's the command, abide in my love. So we start with this one because this, I think, just sets the course for everything else. This is the one element that's actually different from all the rest. All the rest of them are are about things that we can do in order to enhance our abiding in Him. This is the one that's actually where we don't do, do anything. We're actually receiving. We're accepting His love. It says, abide in my love. And the the amazing verse that, that starts it, the amazing statement there, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Just that incredible truth, Jesus is saying to us again as his disciples, the same love the Father has for me, that's the love that I have for you. To abide in that love means that we, by faith, receive that love. We receive it. And so we are the receivers. We're not the doers in this instance. It's not like, 
hey, you have to do this, you have to pray, or some of the other elements that we're going to talk about. We are the receivers. And that is really in the nutshell, that's the gospel truth that grounds our life in Christ and eternal life in him, is that he loves us while we were still sinners, right? Romans 5 eight. while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's how he demonstrates his love for us. And so this is that gospel truth, that gospel center that really all the rest of what we're going to talk about revolves around. So verse 9, we are accepted in him when we receive Christ in faith, when we repent and believe, have new life. His life comes into us. He loves us. The, the love of the Father is poured out on us because of us being joined together with Christ. So verse 9, that's the foundation. We look at some other elements here that we see. In verse 7, we see two. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So two elements we see here. If my words abide in you, and then the second one, ask whatever you wish. So the elements of abiding that we're looking here is his words abiding in us, his truth abiding in us. And then the second, that we ask him in prayer for things. So the word and prayer. Again, these are kind of stewardships that fall in our lap, things that we do as we are abiding in him. And so to the first one, my words abide in you. This is, in some ways, as we've maybe grown up, you grew up a Christian, or when you were initially discipled, you went through something like an initial discipleship plan where you were encouraged to start reading the Bible for yourself. And this is in line with that a little bit, but the deeper truth I think it speaks to is the truth of his words abiding in us. It's not just a daily quiet time. It's not just listening to good preaching. It's taking his word and loving it and meditating on it and stewing on it, bringing it into your heart to the point where it's transforming your thoughts and your heart from the inside out. A goal for my life is that God's word would just come out of my mouth, that when I am pressed, when I'm in a stressful situation, or when I'm asked about the reason for the hope that I have in me, or anything else, and just in normal conversation, that God's words would be what come out, more than my own, more than my own thoughts, that God's words would be in my prayers, it would be in the way that I share the gospel, it would be in the way that I counsel other people, that I would be so full of it. His word would be so abiding in me that that is what would pour out. That's what it means, I think, for his words to abide in us. It goes deep and it runs throughout our lives and it infiltrates into every way that we talk and that we interact and that we pray even and that his words are coming out. So let his words abide in us. The second thing, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So as his word is abiding in us and as we are abiding in him, he's conforming our desires. He's changing our hearts to desire the things that he desires. And so that's why he's saying to us, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. As we abide in him, we're asking for the things that he wants. And so as his heart is changing our heart more into his, what his looks like, then we're going to be asking for the things that he desires. And so we can ask according to that, according to his work and his life in us. So verse seven there, we see his words abiding in us and asking what we wish. Then we jump over verse nine into verse 10. It says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, the order here is really important. We started with verse nine, because that is the foundation. That's the, the key in the heart of the whole passage. But here in verse 10, it follows directly on verse 9. It says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, 
just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love, obeying the commands of our Savior is the fruit of abiding in His love. That is the evidence. That's what shows that we're abiding in His love is because that's what it produces. His love and understanding what He has done for us actually produces our obedience because we recognize the love that He has for us. We often talk about this in terms of just a family relationship. As you're growing up, you obey your parents not primarily because of fear, not primarily because of dread of a consequence, but primarily because of the relationship that you have with your parents, that they have built with you from the time that we were born, where you recognize, you know who they are, you trust them, and that you can trust the words and that they have your best in mind. And that because of that love relationship, that's what drives our obedience. We want to please them because we love them. This is the obedience that it's talking about here is that we trust the Father who loves us and who abides in us and that He has given us these commands for our good. And those are the things that actually bring us the most joy. Like it talks about later in verse 11, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So verse 10 there we see to obey from the heart. We obey in the love that He's given to us. Okay, for the final element, so we've covered abiding in His love, abiding in his word, praying, asking, and then obeying his commands. It's four of the elements. For the fifth element, we're actually going to jump out of the gospel of John into 1 John. So as we're rounding out kind of what it means to to walk in obedience to him, to live in a relationship with him, to walk in fellowship with him, in 1 John, John points to a fundamental truth of walking in the light as the key to having fellowship. Again, that speaking of relationship, with Jesus. So in 1 John chapter 1, it says here in beginning of verse 5, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here in this key passage, very familiar, especially verse 9 to many of us, it's talking about, it's the context, again, of fellowship with one another and fellowship with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. It mentions that earlier in verse 3 there. It says, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And so here, the key that we're looking for is, how do we walk in the light so that we continue to enjoy that fellowship. Walking in the light, that's a continuous action, just like abiding in Him or remaining in Him. That's a continuous action. So here we have walking in the light in that fellowship. And what does it look like? And so when I'm teaching this, I often ask the question, what does walking in the light mean? And so for you, maybe even as you're listening, just a second for you to think about that. What does walking in the light mean? Oftentimes, the answer that we get, and I think maybe our natural impulse means that we would walk and live holy lives, that we would stay away from sin. Now, that's definitely in view here. That's definitely John's desire. He even says in in chapter 2 here of 1 John, verse 1, My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. So that is in view that we have to fight against sin, that we should hate it, that we should do everything in our power to stay away from sin. And yet, I don't think that's precisely what walking in the light means here in chapter 1. 
I think what he's actually referring to is our willingness to continually confess our sin, to bring our sin out into the light. That's why he talks about confession there. In verse 8, he affirms basically, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But in verse 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. So that constant attitude in our hearts that we hate sin enough that when we see it there, we want to bring it into the light and break its power. Sin has power in our hearts as long as we keep it in the darkness. But once we bring it out into the light, then that power is broken. So walking in the light means having a constant heart posture of being willing to confess our sins. Okay, so with all those, that's the tool, the simple teaching tool kind of complete. Those five elements together. Abiding in His Word, asking what we wish, abiding in His love, obeying His commandments, and walking in the light. Great job, babe. You crushed it. Yeah, that was... That was awesome. So I'm just, I'm going to do a recap just as a summary. So this is the teaching from John 15, 1 through 11. And we have this beautiful visual. I just want to tell you a tiny bit about it of just a heart. And then we have a little image inside this heart for all five of these ways that we abide. And so we have a small heart in the middle. John 15, 9 says, abide in my love. So the heart of abiding is abiding in God's love. And then there's an arrow pointing out from the heart for verse 10. When we love God, we will obey. That obedience will come out of our lives. And then Jesse talked about two other ways that we abide. In verse 7, we abide in the word. We abide through prayer. So we have a visual of a little Bible and we have a visual for prayer. Those just like love and obedience go together, we find the word and prayer going together in this chapter because also the prayer promise, if you pray whatever you wish, I will give it to you, is dependent on praying according to the yeah, word, right? right? And then the last one that we get from First John 1, 5 through 10 is abiding in the light through confession of sin. So this is the training that we've been doing a lot with a lot of our disciples, teammates, partners, and it has been really helpful. It's been a great foundational truth to base all of our other trainings on for evangelism and discipleship and the work that we are doing. We wanted to share it with you as this tool and also just share a bit more about how God has used it in our lives. Yeah, that's the amazing thing. Like we mentioned at the beginning, that it is this kind of basic teaching that you could walk through in a a matter of maybe 15 minutes or something, just laying out the basic elements of it. But it's really something you can continue to dig deeper into each Mm -hmm. element of it, and particularly the abiding in his love part. Shani and I have been talking about that a lot over the last several months, Mm -hmm. about just drilling deeper into that. Let's be clear as well. This isn't a means to an end. We don't Mm -hmm. teach this just so that we can be better at our jobs, so Mm -hmm. that we can be better at sharing the gospel and being disciple makers, that this is the end in itself. Relationship with Jesus is the end in itself, growing and abiding in him. And the promise that comes along with that, praise God, is that we will be, we will bear fruit by his power and by his love at work in us. So I was sitting outside this morning and just going over this passage. 15.9, when Jesus tells us, So this is for every follower of Jesus. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. 
this should make us either like want to cry mm. or want to like do cartwheels yeah. every day. It's insane yeah. if you try to wrap your mind around that verse. Just take a minute and try to think about how much God the Father loves Jesus. Mm -hmm. They've had an eternal, perfect relationship yep. from the beginning of time. They've never sinned against each other. Mm -hmm. Jesus obeyed God to the point of death. Yep. And Jesus compares his love for us with that love. Mm. It's crazy. Yeah. Like when you try to think about it and try to get yourself to fully, fully believe it, mm -hmm. it's so amazing. I just want to pray that I would never, ever, ever get over it. And it also makes sense why Paul has so many prayers recorded, like in Ephesians mm -hmm. about like praying for his, for the churches to have power and strength yeah. to comprehend that all the dimensions of yeah. God's love for us yeah, because it's compared to God's love for Jesus. That's right. So you just never, never plumb the depths of it. Right? Never we never get to the, the bottom depths of it. No. Yeah. And it's our identity. Mm -hmm. And that's in first John also, mm -hmm. like this is love, not that we've loved God, but yep. that God has loved us. So I really think it's important as we teach this passage to really let it all be founded on God's love mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. This is the main thing. Yep. Don't turn this passage into what can I do right. to become more fruitful. That's right. I think I've yeah. done that at times. Yeah. I got to do this, 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 mm -hmm. so I can be more fruitful. This is the key mm -hmm. to make me fruitful. It rests in the, the most powerful part of it is God's love for me mm -hmm. that is unchanging. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it doesn't waver. It doesn't change, right? It's without end. His steadfast love is just faithful forever. Just in thinking about it, as we're teaching, <clears throat> a lot of times we'll dwell on that Nine and ten, how oftentimes, even subtly, we try to kind of reverse that in our hearts. That if I do these things, then he'll mm -hmm. love me more, mm -hmm. right? If I'm able to kind of get these things straightened out or do this better or share the gospel more or pray more or whatever it is, then he'll love me more. That's the root of all false religion and all false gospel in the world, right? Is earning. I have to earn God's love. But that's the amazing truth of verse 9 is that Jesus has earned it for us and that he's given it to us freely through the cross and through his blood. Mm -hmm. And John and Jesus, as he's recording Jesus' words here, makes clear, so our my disobedience, it doesn't change God's love for me, mm -hmm. but it affects my fellowship with him. Yeah. For instance, I want to look at chapter 14, Verse 21, it says, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Hmm. And again in 23, he says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Love, obedience, and our fellowship with God are mm -hmm. all so interconnected. Yep. In 15.3, Jesus says, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to mm -hmm. you. This isn't a matter of, oh, no, I disobeyed. I'm not fully clean yeah. before God anymore. Or my relationship is in Or my threat. relationship, yes, is, it could be broken. has been put at risk. Mm -hmm. We're already clean. Mm -hmm. Jesus said that clearly in this passage so that we don't question that. Yeah. We're clean. He wants us to obey because he loves us so much 
and our disobedience affects our love relationship with him, our fellowship with him. Mm -hmm. So it's all connected to his love for us yeah. and, and response, our love to him. That's such a key interplay between love and obedience, right? Because obedience is kind of a general term for all the other things that we talked about. Whether you're reading and studying the scriptures, trying to get in, in your heart or praying or whatever, obedience is really kind of a, a blanket term to cover all the things that we would do to try to serve him and try to enhance our relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And so how those two play together is so key that it's founded on first the love that he has for us and our identity in him. Like we talked about before, that family relationship, right? When we're born into a family, when we're born as a baby, we're born into a family, we receive a name. Mm -hmm. And that's the same way when we are regenerated from the inside, when we repent and believe, when we receive new life, we are born into a family. And that mm -hmm. puts the stamp of his love upon us mm -hmm. forever. Mm -hmm. And it's because of that identity and the reality of that love then that we walk and live in obedience. And again, just to remind us that the purpose of that obedience is that our joy would be full. Mm -hmm. That we, as we walk in this and abide in him, he brings us full joy. But there's a lot about obedience and its mm -hmm. connection with love in the surrounding context of this chapter. Even there in four, chapter 14, verse 15, it says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. But here's another key. In verse 16, the following verse, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Mm -hmm. So that's such a key here as well. Again, to the broader context, 14 and 16 and 17, those chapters in John Tons of key truths about the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and about Jesus giving us the Spirit to help us obey mm -hmm. and to help us do these things, to help us to live this life of abiding. And so the Spirit's role in this as well, so key mm -hmm. as He's living in us, actually giving us help to do these things. It's not like Jesus only says, hey, look at my love, look what I did for you on the cross, mm -hmm. and now live accordingly. It's also, hey, I'm going to give you somebody to help you out because I know how much you struggle to do that in your own heart and because of sin. Yeah, John 15 is smashed it's in between John 14, foundational truths about the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and John 16, foundational truths yeah. about the Holy Spirit. That's right. You can't take John 15 out of that. Mm -hmm. We can't do John 15 without the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. He's a wonderful, wonderful resource and source of power for us, helping us abide in Jesus and stay connected to Him. Well, folks, we pray that you take this tool and more importantly, the passages, just these truths that we see in the scriptures about Christ and his love for us and what it means for our life and walking in him and abiding in him. And that these would just have an incredible power in your own heart and in your ministry as we're walking and trying to just be obedient to the Great Commission, carrying that out, that we would just see these things change us day by day as we, again, continuously walk day by day, remaining in Him, abiding in Him. It's an amazing invitation. I hope you're so encouraged. As you go about your day today, remember, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. Remember whose you are. You've been adopted into His family. He's given you a name. He's given you an identity and adoption, and He has placed His love upon you. And he has appointed you that you should go and bear much fruit. Amen. Thanks, friends. Mm -hmm.